All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice, it only You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. All right. Happy Friday. Do we get a SkyTrain today on YouTube? No, bad timing. We're a minute late, but we are here for the Canucks conversation delivered by the great folks 
at DoorDash. Ding dong. That's what I'm talking about. Hard promo code Convo DD, capital D's, capital C, Convo DD, 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. You must have used DoorDash this morning for a coffee harm. That's a nice little, uh, that's a good ding dong there. Yeah, I mean, I had someone call me out. I didn't That's have true. enough energy, and uh, when you're uh, you're paid the big bucks, you gotta <laughs> gotta come through. I got one job. Yeah, I gotta do it right. That's true. I think we got you on the wrong uh, webcam down there as well. Just so you really, know. yeah, tough, oh, ang- my... tough angle there for you. Well, you can work with that. Surprised Alex hasn't yelled at you about it. All right, Fridays with Harm brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Not Check gonna lie, I can't even tell the quality difference. No, it looks fine. Looks fine for me. You get a little bit of the view outside, which Oops. is kind of nice. <laughs> Fridays with Harm, brought to you by the great folks. Zephyr Epic. Check them out. ZephyrEpic.com for the Pokemon, the Magic card, the Yu-Gi-Oh, and the sports cards as well. The sports cards, we love them. I got a good one today. Uh, promo code Hockey Season, by the way. That's our promo code. Capital H, capital S, Hockey Season for $5 off your order and free shipping throughout Canada. I got this one called the Photo Driven Elias Pedersen card. You can see this on YouTube here. Pretty cool looking card. Kind of changes uh, it. One, of, I don't even know how to talk how to say it. It's kind of a. It's like a, one of those uh, different view of the light hits it. It's got some yeah. shine to it. It's cool. It's a nice looking card. Harm. We got to quickly touch on pickleball because we're missing a week. This we're missing uh, our weekend thing. This has quickly become our favorite thing of the week. I know we both say this. Yeah. Like, I think we both said this in the car going in. It's becoming our favorite thing. And last weekend, you and I as a pairing. Picked up our first wins, too, because we walked in and we talked oh, about yeah. this on the show before. We got whooped by uh, Pam and Ann in our first week, 11-2. to But you and I now, we've picked up the game. We're rolling a little bit. We got our first win as a pair last weekend. I know it's been like five days since then, but we're I'm still riding the We're unstoppable, and I'll, uh, I'll tell you this. The seniors better watch out. The young, the young guns are here. And uh, and we we're we're giving it to them. I mean, even in the last couple of games, there the guy that was teaching us the first day, right? I mean, for I think in in that game, one of them I I played with you and, and we beat uh, Anthony, mm-hmm. and then in the second one uh, we weren't together and we whooped him eleven two. So it's like you know the student ha- uh, has become the master, or whatever the saying is. You know, yeah. so we're rolling a little bit. And you're playing good as a as a team. I. I think I might have thrown my back out. There's one point I jumped up real, like jumped really quick to react to the ball. I've been feeling it ever since. So taking a weekend off here isn't going to be bad because uh, the weekend that I have to deal with this weekend, no pickleball, but instead I'm off to Saskatchewan. I leave tonight for Saskatchewan. Uh, I think like the, you know, like on the weather app, it shows the degrees of like the temperature, but then it also says this is what it feels like. Yeah. I think it's like feeling like minus 28 right Jesus. now. So, but the day that I leave it like cranks up to like minus 35. So like, my fiance, oh my she's God. staying for a couple extra days. We're going to see the parents uh, off in Saskatoon. And this is a guy on TikTok that I've seen who's been ranking the top chicken fingers in Saskatoon. So he's got 24 different uh, like episodes of ranking the top chicken fingers. So I, I went through them. I'm going to watch through a lot of them and see what he's given like the highest rank. And I got to go try these chicken fingers. Whichever one he's given like the best rating to, that's the one I got to go check that's out. That's a must. I think so, too. We're also going to get banned from the community center the way we're going. Like, we're yeah. gonna, we got to stop terror, terrorizing these this uh, 50 plus folk. No, but that's the other thing. Some of them are like, some of the old folk, the way they hit it there. I played with a guy the other day. He was in his 80s. Yeah. Uh, and it looked like he was going to fall over every time he moved, <laughs> but he could hit it. He could hit it so good. Like, we need to find younger people, man. Yeah, I know. Maybe we do, but we're still not at that level yet. Like, we're still we'll just be barely. The, in, from week one to three, we oh, went yeah. from being barely being able to hold the paddle to, like, you know, so anyway. We're rolling a little bit at this point. We're graduating. Yeah. 
Okay, Lisa's asking, or no, Knucklehead in the chat. You guys got this. Everybody's got the Quinn Hughes uh, face still uh, in the thing. This is uh, what is watermelon on the shirt? Little watermelons, not uh, not hot dogs. Yep, Knucklehead, you figured it out there. Uh, and Lisa, for the holidays, we are taking, I think, just Boxing Day off the Monday. Aside from that, uh, the way that it falls, like New Year's Eve, uh, is like on the weekend, I believe, and Christmas as well. You could correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, but we're only taking one day off uh, throughout Christmas because everything's on the weekend. So, uh, and Harm, you're getting some, some shout-outs in the chat as well. Can't even lie, Harmon's beard looks top-notch. So maybe the angle that you got from the laptop is a little bit better. I, it must be the angle, must be the lighting or something, because I haven't mm. trimmed this thing in a while. So I got mine done yesterday, too, which is funny, because I'm fresh off the beard cut, and you're the one getting uh, props for yours. So fair enough. Let's dive into the Canucks, okay? We got got... We're looking up to him. You know, yeah, looking up at him. This is a a, a beard like spotlight. Looking <laughs> down at his audience. He did this on purpose. I saw he didn't want the quads cam. He wanted his own cam. It's fair. I like I could show Harm how to do it real quick, but I also I know that there's some frustration in your voice, Alex, because of this camera situation. I could I could tell as the producer. <laughs> like I knew you were going to chime in here pretty well, early. I to plugged talk it. I plugged the uh, webcam into the computer, so I just it should automatically do it. I don't know. Yeah, no. Alex, anything to say here? What's going on? I'm I'm okay with it. Okay. I mean, what's the chat say? What, what do they want? Chat I, likes it. I sense chat a little angst in w. your voice. Spam W. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Uh, Pierre Lebrun had an article. I believe it came out today. Might have yeah. been late last night. I this morning? Today. All right. Interesting kind of targeting and talking about the Bo Horvat contract. And, and honestly... The big takeaway from it, I think, is looking at what the return might be or what the target return might be for Bo Horvat, who obviously scoring at a ridiculous rate right now, playing in the Canucks top six, being a very important piece down the middle for this team. He could also be a very important piece down the middle for a team competing for a Stanley Cup this season, which I don't think the Canucks are at right now, because what I wanted to discuss is retool versus rebuild. And from what we heard from some of the stuff in the article there from Pierre Lebrun, and by the way, check it out on The Athletic right now. You you have a promo code, right, Harm? Get some promo codes over there. You have your own, don't you? I, I don't actually. No, what you do is, though, you click a Harm and Dial article, and then there that's you, you subscribe from and, there. And, wait, and if, if you haven't signed up yet, just wait for, uh, pretty sure there will be an end-of-year sale around, like, Boxing Day. Oh, Boxing Day, okay. Yeah. Well, I've seen it's like a dollar a month right now anyways. So what do they do? Were they paying know. you a dollar to, to get the... Uh, they're, uh, I don't think they're, they're, I mean, they're not paying you enough. <laughs> just keep, just, uh, just keep subscribing. That's all. Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'll put you in a bad spot there. All right. I, I wanted to read one little paragraph, um, from Pierre's article that kind of, I, I think a lot of Canucks fans read this and we saw the Taj tweet going around about it. Of course, let me just read this one out. This is from Pierre Lebrun in the, in his latest article for the athletic talking about the Bo Horvat situation. He says, it seems that Vancouver is looking instead for more of a hockey deal to upgrade at center ice or slash and a right shot defenseman. If possible, bringing a player in their 20 somethings age range, this Canucks management group has been focused on since coming on board. So interesting look here because listen, you're moving Bo Horvat for the way that Pierre wrote an upgrade at center. I don't think you're finding that obviously, but to yeah. me it is, it's weird here because no matter what the case is, what you trade before that for, you're not getting the best player out of the trade. Of course you're taking a step back. And in my eyes, it's sort of like a slingshot move where you see how far you can pull back and maybe how far you want to go back with the prospects or draft picks. 
Are you looking for a guy in their low in their young twenties? Are you looking for a guy in the teens that was just drafted? Are you looking for draft picks, players that have not even been drafted yet? That's what I think about when it's like a slingshot move of how far back do you want to go? Because I think the further back you go, the more value you might be able to get in the end if you do a good job drafting or a good job making a selection with a young prospect from a teens pro like from a teens prospect pool. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on kind of Pierre's mentioning there where the Canucks want to kind of target someone in the 20s, right? Somebody in their 20s that makes it sound more like a player that they're looking for here is more of a retool. And when I talk about retool, you could talk about like adding some younger players to that, sure. But also to this degree, I think, in the way that Pierre reported it was like retooling the roster of looking for a right shot defenseman, looking for a different type of center. How do you kind of view the Canucks if they want to go that way? And we'll say we'll call it a retool that way. Retool versus rebuild. I think I know what we both would want them to do, but do you think they are seriously potentially going in this direction of just being like a retool, getting some different pieces, getting somebody in their mid-20s? It concerns me, honestly, to see a report like that come out. And obviously, it's just a rumor, but um, Pierce is plugged in as it gets, especially with, uh, with the Canucks. So it is a worry for me because ultimately, I mean, for, first of all, I just want to make one point. When people... And this is more a, a bit of a tangent, but the whole idea of, oh, they want to make a hockey trade or they want to make a hockey deal, aren't all trades hockey deals? Yeah. Like, that term has never made sense to me. What, like, if you want draft picks and prospects, this is now a basketball trade? <laughs> like, what? But anyway, that, that's that's an aside. I think the idea of you want to target a player in the 20-something range, first of all, that doesn't really narrow it down. I think 80% of the league is probably somewhere in their 20s, but... This signals to me anyway that they're looking for more of a you know a player who can come in and help the lineup sooner rather than later. Mm. I think that's how they approached the JT Miller negotiations and I think that's a part of the reason why the Canucks didn't get the package they wanted for Miller. And ultimately, I think you are always in a position where you're going to be sacrificing upside when you're targeting players who you're hoping are ready to play right away. Because think about it from the contender's perspective. If I'm interested in Bo Horvat and I have a talented young center or a talented young defenseman, why would I trade for Horvat if he's older, not cost-controllable, and just a rental? It'd be nonsensical. I mean, imagine if... If, uh, if the roles are reversed and the Canucks are looking at some 27-year-old rental, and yeah, he's top 10 in the league in goals right now, but um, but they're saying you you need to give up one of your, like a 21-year-old stud player who's just on the cusp of making an NHL impact. You'd, you'd, you'd be like, no, mm-hmm. that guy's going to help you this season and next, especially in a league where when you have to pay your top stars, you have to bank on young players on the ELCs being able to contribute right away. Like the sort of role that Bowen Byron played on the Avs when they won their Stanley Cup. So if you're targeting prospects who are 20, 21, 22, closer to that range, I don't think that you're necessarily going to get the high-end blue chip types that um, that you're hoping for, unless it's a unique fit. Like, okay, maybe there's a scenario where with Colorado, for example, maybe they're willing to give up Alex Newhook because he you know, fits a... Um, Horvat fits a specific niche, and and he's able, and, and they think that he's a lot. Uh, you know, maybe they they feel that they can even resign him. But I don't think there are going to be a lot of scenarios out there where there are a ton of teams 
who all of a sudden have you know twenty one year old stud right handed defenseman who's yeah. who's ready to play next season and make an impact, and they're ready to give him up. I mean, we saw that with the Rangers with Braden Schneider. You bring up like a twenty one year old right shot defenseman. I even think like like that signals a retool. Could you imagine the Canucks though targeting like a twenty four year old right shot defenseman? Is that something you might see? Or are you really thinking that like twenty one emerging into the NHL type of player instead of a guy who's you know, maybe played a, a season and a half, maybe has 100 games under his belt, 24 years old, right shot defenseman that makes sense for Quinn Hughes to, to play with? Because that's kind of what I read a little bit out of this team wanting to but target a position. But who's going to give that up? Yeah. Like, no, if, if that guy, but if they you have a 24-year-old... Like, they could just be a player that makes, like, you know... But then the they're not that impact. good. Right. But I, I, that's... Uh, you know, like, the only reason you're going to acquire Ho- Horvat as... Um, like, name name an example. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd be <laughs> like, there's better. the, you know what I mean? Like, the, the thing is, uh, like, yeah, okay, sure. Like, a, like, Minnesota, Minnesota, sure. I'm sure they'll be like, all right, you can have Matt Dumba. Mm-hmm. Why would the Canucks want Matt, Matt Dumba? Right. He's, like, he's older than, a lot older than 24. He's close to being a UFA, and um, he's just not going to shake up the look of, uh, of this uh, defense. I mean, the thing with the Canucks, too, is they don't have many pieces like Horvat. Where they can like this trade needs to set the Canucks up for the future. You need multiple core pieces back, and my worry is that the description of that sort of ask sounds pretty similar to what Jim Benning traded uh, uh, targeted in the Ryan Kessler trade, mm. right? You get a young center, like a young, not really young, but you got Nick Benino back, who's in his mid twenties. For help now, you got Lucas Spiza because you figured, okay, he's youngish, maybe he can help. You ticked off those boxes at center and on D, and then you got a first-round pick. You were too impatient with the first-round pick, so you dealt McCann away for good Branson. And at the end of the day, a trade... The value in the end there. Well, there you got nothing out of it. Yeah. I think that's the interesting thing for me, and I wanted to bring this up too, was even where the Canucks might be at when they start to call it a rebuild, call it a retool, whatever you want to call it, I don't think they're at the point right now where they can sacrifice value for a position of need either. Like, listen, they need to add a center. They need to add right D, especially if you move Horvat, you specifically need something at center. And I'm not saying that like, you know, they should just like take the best winger possible. Cause I think you need to sacrifice a little bit of value for position in this spot, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on it of like, where do you draw the line of sacrificing value for position? Cause I, I think like it doesn't need to just be, trades that bring in right shot defensemen because I feel like that's when their value on the market is at the highest instead like you should be I I don't understand why the Canucks and you could pull this up Alex the the defenseman drafted for the Vancouver Canucks you need to start targeting like right shot defensemen and centers a lot more in the draft so we're looking over the past what is this six drafts the Canucks have drafted four right shot defensemen and in total they've drafted six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen defensemen total left shot and right shot over the last six drafts. And it's a new management group. So look what they did in this past draft, three defensemen of the, of the six picks that you make. I like that. I think you need to at least do that because, because defensemen are going to be so valuable. I think it's unfortunate. They didn't draft a right shot defenseman. Look at the defenseman that they spent their last, the, the last right shot defense when they drafted, they traded him away. Victor Parison, not really doing a great job in Liga this year. So like, to me, it, it's, it's almost to the, to the degree of like when you talk about a first round pick, like with LeCarrie Mackey, listen, he probably was at the time the con- 
like the consensus highest ranked player yeah. at 15. He yeah. was. He was you looked at whatever it was from anybody's like list most and you people, put them all together, he was the highest guy. There. Even in the industry, NHL teams, I don't think most of them expected LeCaramacchi to be there at 15. Yeah, and I think even like a month before the draft, he's coming in, in in the top 10 in a lot of people's lists yep. too. You do a lot more research kind of a, you know, right before the draft and you start to see a couple things. He dropped slid a little bit, but he was still a top 15 pick for sure. But to that point, like, I, I like the way that they went with the defenseman in the third round. I just think that losing that value you're losing instant value when you start to make a trade for a right shot defenseman when you can just draft them and hope. Like, you should be draft To me, like, you should be drafting five defensemen every draft, and you should have, like, two or three right shot guys every single draft. Because their defensemen seem to be an interesting one, how they develop, how they gain value so much more than a forward gaining value as a prospect. And then you can start to just kind of, like, build up and build up and build up value in your prospect pool when it feels like the Canucks just don't have the type of players that look like they can build on their prospect pool. And this is kind of where it kind of rounds you out to the point where you're at right now of the Canucks looking now to make a trade for a right-shot team, for a right-shot defenseman. And a lot of teams that have right-shot defensemen or who have been drafted right-shot defensemen, they're sitting there now with these players that were maybe, you know, I call it like a fifth-round pick, feels like a bronze medal. It's, it's not a big prize to give away. But now it's like if a right-shot defenseman is developing right, now you're looking at a guy who's going to get you a lot more of a return. He's a lot more valuable than a fifth-round pick. But if you're talking about just like position of need puts such increased value onto these prospects that I don't think you should be trading for right-shot defensemen. Like I think you should be drafting them full-on unless you can really find a team that works. And this is what we're talking about. We're like, name one. Name a right-shot defenseman that makes sense. Like It's really hard to name one. And now you have to give up Bo Horvat's value to acquire one. It feels like that's the road that they're like trending down right now. Well... If that sort of piece is available as a prospect, then I don't, like obviously I think it makes sense you you make that ask. I don't again mm-hmm. I don't know how many of those guys are out there. I was more speaking to the right shot defenseman who'd be ready like readily available. who are already twenty three, twenty four, twenty five who'd be able to make a high end top four impact. Like I don't think those guys like I don't think that's possible to be no. totally honest. You, could you get one as a prospect? Maybe they're still in short of well, brought up Minnesota, like Brock Faber's a name that we've already seen in the chat here a couple times. Like that's a guy who's going to be coming out of college this year going pro. Yeah. But Minnesota's not really in a great cap spot to, to be able to sign Horvat after this year. And I think that's the type of value where you're going to get a prospect of, of Faber's level is to, you know, be able to have a sign and trade situation with Horvat. And it just seems like Minnesota is going to be impossible to do that. Yeah. I just, my overall kind of takeaway is I don't think the Canucks should look at this and, hope that they can swing a home run where they're going to acquire some kind of young player who is going to be, I don't know, uh, provide the same level of Horvat, whether it's a forward or defenseman within the next two years. Like, I think yeah, if you go at it... the key point is the two years, what you just said. They're not finding a guy who's going to bring a Horvat level change to your lineup in two years. Look at how long it took Thompson mm-hmm. to pan out in Buffalo in that O'Reilly trade. Yeah. You're going to, in my opinion, to maximize your value, and unless... There will there look if you can if there are a few examples where it's like you can get new hook a first round pick package on that absolutely like I think that'd be the best yeah, case I scenario so because I really like new hook as prospect I think he can go into top six piece and yeah he is able to contribute to your lineup right away but I don't know how many scenarios there are and when you step back I just want them to chase upside because you're not going to have many more chances to swing for the fences and acquire an elite talent I mean like I keep going back to the Thompson thing. He's third in the NHL in points. 
if you don't draft those you guys, tweet out something today about what he's done in the calendar yeah, year. He scored fifty goals in seventy six games in Unreal. the ca- in the calendar year of twenty twenty two. You can't find those guys, those young building blocks. I mean, there's only two ways. You know, you draft and develop them, which is usually how you find top six centers in general, mm-hmm. or you swing for the fences when you have uh, when you have a really attractive trade piece like an O'Reilly or a Horvat. But here's the kicker. You're going to have to be patient. No one's going to give. Like, if, if a team You're knows. You're not getting the 22-year-old Thompson. T- Thompson, ever. exactly. No. Like, if a team knows a guy like Thompson's ready to break out, like, why, again, why would you give him up for a rental and Bo Horvat? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the other thing. It's kind of like what I said with the slingshot. You want to pull it back because that's, that's a really good analogy. Value. You could miss the target the more you pull back for sure. But if you pull back just the right amount, you're going to have a better chance of like hitting harder. That's what I think. But you could miss the target, right? And that's a risk you have to take. And that's where you have to trust your scouting department, your pro scouting department. Come together and find these type of Tage Thompson. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying they're going to, but at least give yourself the best chance to find that type of player. Whatever it is, the Canucks need at least one future core player out of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking, oh, this guy's a decent 4-5 or five defenseman or, okay, he's not a bad third-line center, like a legit core player, like mm-hmm. top four defenseman, Top six forward, whatever the Canucks like, they can't come out of this empty-handed the way they did. Ultimately, did out of the um, the Kessler trade, for example. Yeah, big time. I completely agree, and I even think that. Listen, that first round pick. That's I think we've talked about this a lot. The first, there's going to be a first round pick involved in the Horvat deal, unless you really find unless there's this 23 year old prospect right shot defenseman that you're talking like that we've discussed doesn't uh, doesn't exist. The unicorn. If that guy's out there, you may be not getting a first round pick in it, but. I, I like the idea of like taking a swing, right? Like take the swing like the the Jets just did with Brad Lambert, right? Like use that use that yeah. second first round pick that you have to really take a swing because this draft's going to be interesting to see who's around in the twenty five to thirty five range because I think there's so much talent here that like you might be able, like this is a good diamond in the rough of a first round pick to like go with. I know that a lot of people are like yeah it's going to be like a thirtieth pick especially if it's like you know the Avalanche or say it's a, a really strong competitive team that trades for Horvat in the end like the Bruins are rolling right now like. If you're getting a late first, like I feel like this is a good draft for it, you know, to not to, to think that the value feels a little bit higher than it would be in in other years past or at least other years coming up. But um, speaking of kind of like the package for Bo Horvat, I want to get to our next segment here: the good, great, or godly. It's supposed to say, but uh, Alex is good, great, and golly. So Alex is already. <laughs> dialed in for the weekend and just like quad is <laughs> taking the day off uh our next segment and i built this graphic here harm i, I know you're not a big uh pokemon oh my guy goodness but i want to give the <laughs> the opportunities here for good great or godly returns for certain situations what for the, the hell am i looking at do you know which pokemon these are no so that's machop that's machoke and that's machamp as they uh evolve from their first form to the third wow form. That's incredible. Zephyr, <laughs> they're going to love having their logo on this. Okay. Uh, check this out on the uh, on the YouTube, folks, for the podcast listeners. Let's get to it. Three different situations. And we, we touched on this last week, and I kind of we'll start actually with the one that we did last week. And I felt like it was when we talked about Luke Shen and the trade value for him. A good deal, a great deal, and a godly deal. And I think we talked about this. Hey, listen, a good deal is you get a third-round pick from Luke Shen. A great deal is you get a second-round pick for Luke Shen. I don't know if Godly is even going to get you a first unless you're Stefan Roger, but the Godly deal to me is like you get a second and a prospect, just like a B-level prospect. How do you look at the Luke Shen going good, great, and Godly for the three possible returns? I think you kind of nailed it. You kind of stole my thunder. 
from the conversation we had last week. Because I know That's, you like to talk crap about Stefan too, Harm. I've heard I heard the bandcast this week. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I, Stefan's a good dude. Don't don't he's rag on dude. him. He's a good dude. Um, well, he's okay. <laughs> Quad's his favorite. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of stole my thunder. I'm not gonna lie. Like so my my big take, fourth, I was gonna swoop in and be like, "Yeah, your godly isn't even a first round pick." I, yeah, I don't think that's that's it either. I think that's the interesting thing is like, like if you're trading it for a fourth round pick for Luke Shen, maybe like like the things thing. have fallen off, and you're like, "Ah, okay, you got the fourth out of here. It's still nice to add something because you're gonna lose him anyways." It obviously be disappointing if it's just exactly. Point. It would be disappointing, so that's why I didn't put it in the good category. So let's talk about the Bo Horvat trade a little bit for a good, great, and godly return. We've touched on it quite a bit, so let's let's skip great here. Let's just do good and godly. I think the godly one we've already covered a little bit. It's new hook. It's a first and whatever other piece yeah. to me, really. Right? Yeah. Like I think that's good value that's a great because great package. Yeah, you're getting uh, you're getting a good prospect who's at the NHL level. Who's got a ton of talent, local kid, first round pick as well, which I mentioned. Hey, maybe use that as like a big swing in this year's first. And he could be a center. Yep, he's drafted as a natural center. I, I think he's got uh, potential if he pans out to be a two C. Mm-hmm. Good BCHL kid as well. Yeah, I mean uh, that's to me the godly deal. What's a good deal? Because I think we can say like, hey, listen, if Horvat gets moved in the end for you know a second round pick and a half decent prospect, but at least he's a right D prospect. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, like that's fine. And that might be the route that the Canucks go if they really are targeting position. And this is why I say sacrificing value is going to hurt if you do put yourself into a spot where it needs to be this type of position player. So what's like a good deal? What's a, just like, we're not talking great. We're not talking godly. If you were to just put it out as a return, what's just like a good Bo Horvat trade? You, you look at it and you're like, okay, they got market value, maybe just a little bit above. Because I think a lot of teams are going to be bidding. We had Frank on the show yesterday, and his last article for with the trade targets list was begin the bidding for Bo Horvat, right? Like, that's what yeah. the teams are going to start doing. He's saying yesterday on the show that you know, teams are calling. So we do have some bids probably on the table already. What's, what's one of the good ones right now? So one comparable at the deadline last season, and Bo Horvat's better than him, was Andrew Kopp. He went for, I mean, there were a bunch of conditions involved, and I think New York had to get to the third round for that second-round pick to become a first. Mm. But in the end, it was a first, a second, and Morgan Barron, who is a bottom-six player who's helping the Jets right now as a, as a young guy. So if you look at that kind of template, and maybe you'd argue that uh, the Jets got more for Kopp than they initially expected, but... I think from that perspective, you'd be hoping for an upgraded version of that as like a good, like nothing, nothing special, but good. Mm. So, I mean, what the skeleton there would be a first. You'd want to upgrade the second to uh, a better prospect, maybe. Sure. And instead of uh, a bottom six sort of winger like Baron, you'd maybe hope that it's a third sort of roll of the dice, maybe on, you know. Um, and, and okay, so like I don't know the best way to describe it, but like a B minus sort of um, piece. Some someone who's a be- a little bit better than Jack Stadnika. Like I don't think that's you know yeah. would be great. I've but seen the island. Did you see the Islanders trade that was floating up by one of their uh, one of their blogs? Yeah. It was uh, Bolduke was kind of an example of like a left shot defenseman. Not, I mean, he's kind of B minus yeah. to me, right? He's not. Yeah, like, gonna that would up. that would be an example of like yeah. okay, like that's a that's good better third than Stadnika. That's that's a young player. But by the way, that like that article, I don't know how many how many people saw it. The proposal didn't even include Ratty. 
Yeah, that's no that the proposal. Like, is not come great. on, I'm bringing up the defense and it makes sense. I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that is the type of thing where you do look at it and you say, "Listen, that's to me that's good to great if you get Ratty, Boldu, and a first. And there you good go, to great territory. Yeah, and with Ratty, that's an example of he's not going to help your lineup right away, right? But he's got upside. Just, yeah. He's got serious potential, and if your amateur scouting staff believes in him. Because, I mean, there was a point where for that, what was he, like a 2021 draft pick? Yep. Yeah, like, he, there was a time when he was expected to be a top five, like, in contention for number one overall. Yeah, he was supposed to go number one, like, when he was 16, very similar to Brad Lambert as well. It's just like, this guy was going to go number one. But it, that's why it was so crazy. I had a good conversation uh, with Tommy, who covers, uh, we see him in the press box covering for Finland over there. Um, but, like, it's weird that it happened back-to-back years where know, a guy completely Finns. fell off. Uh, one of the Finns players, but uh, yeah, Ratty right now is playing in the HL. He's got five goals and six assists, um, and he, you know that's good. He's twenty years old, right? Like he's, he's, a, he's a young player. You get him in your AHL system. He's one that I believe can play a little. I I'm trying to remember the World Juniors last year if he was a center. I think he was, and I tell you what, he looked really good at the World Juniors uh, just from like a play standpoint last year. We had three goals, seven assists uh, in ten games. So that's that's the piece right that's the player piece that you want to target yeah. i mean i, I don't I know Ratty's game inside out to no. be like oh like he's the guy that they should target but you're you're the type like, of guy though the type of guy yeah. right like in terms of pedigree potential talent age like those are the sorts of boxes that you're hoping to check with one of your three pieces or whatever hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, let's get to another one here. A Brock Besser trade. Pull up, let's get the graphic back up here, Alex. I like that thing. I like it going on. The Brock Besser trade. Good, great, and godly. What's just good? What's just good for a Brock Besser return? Is it just getting the money off the books? I think it's just getting the money off the books. So having a return for Brock Besser. Is and not good. having to take money back? Outside of maybe in a contract that expires this season, like, okay. you know, if, if Calgary is really interested in top six winger and you have to eat Lucic's deal, who Lucic has been in 
not very good for the Flames this yeah. season. Uh, a lot of Flame, Flames fans uh, want him scratched, but his deal only runs through this year. So if you're the Canucks, and like that would be an example of a good deal, but not you, great. You gotta get, you're taking that money, you got to get something else though, right? Because I feel like Brock Besser is not the type where if you wait a year, he's got absolutely no value it's for some team to just take him on for like a risk of two years. If he's still playing in the Canucks in the top six, like he has more value as this contract goes on, but he doesn't like, it's weird to weird to kind of say, but like his deal with one year left is better. Oh yeah. When there's two years left, it's better than now. But right now it's at its worst point because you're looking at the money that he's going to have to hit you for three years when a yeah. year from now, it's only two years and then two years from now it's only one year. Like, but even, even in the off season, two years is, Quite a while. Like, mm-hmm. he, like, You're true. Yeah. I don't know if that uh, deal is going to be, if teams are going to be lining up necessarily to um, to to take that. So I think, I, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Lucic, it's just like half, half a season. Yeah. And the Canucks aren't going to do anything with that cap space sure. this year anyway. So that would be an example of like, get that commitment off the books. Again, that's not great or godly well, because you're not getting really any return. But I don't think it's good either, though. But you're, it's the cap space. Right, but that, I don't that's think That's a lot of cap room, man. This is what I'm saying. It needs to be a good deal for Brock Besser is also is acquiring something. Right there, you're taking something that should have costed them a lot to get rid of. Right? That's the way I look at it. Like, you're taking... The return that you're taking is a loss. But someone could argue that uh, Besser's a negative value asset right now, too. Sure. And I think with, with cap space and the effect to a lineup, you could say, yes different role potentially where he does get back new top six maybe not and the team that's acquiring him is likely looking at that. Yeah, what if it's like a fourth a fourth in Lucic for for Besser yeah. I mean it's still to again me we're negative. not talking about great or godly mm-hmm. but the money like I'll say this I feel like if management had found a way to get off the like get off the deal without really you know without taking money back or retaining or anything like that I think they would have, would have already done it mm. I don't think that's a good deal long-term even. I, I don't think you need to move Brock Besser for the cap flexibility this year. I think waiting. Well, I'm gives just talking about better, if you're making the deal right. now. No, I, I know what you're saying. You know saying what I mean? It. Like, I'm not saying like you have to trade him, but if we're talking about what's a good deal right now today, mm-hmm. then that like based off where his value is at today, which is at a low, that would like just getting off the money and, and freeing up that six you know, over six and a half million for this, uh, this season and next help you resign Kuzmenko or whatever. Like that's, um, that, that's where it stands today. See, that's the other, that's the other part of the Lucic money coming back is spinning that into multiple years of using that cap space. If you just like trade Besser for nothing, that's why I think you need something coming back. If it's like a player that you're taking money back on, even if it's just for one season, you're it's losing not even one. It's like, a third of sure, the but but what I'm saying is like this trade deadline, the Canucks won't be able to filter money because of that Lucic dealer, because of the Brock Nelson money. Whoever the player that comes back is, you're losing an opportunity to access that for one season. That should cost a team that's trading for Brock Best or something. That's what I'm kind of that's saying. That's fair. But again, I think uh, the team would counter argue and say Besser's signed longer. Yep. Signed longer. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why, and he's not worth his deal either. I'm feeling pretty they neutral. Would say, they would say bad money, like they would say, "Yeah, we're sending you bad money, but we're taking back back bad money too." Mm-hmm. That's why I'm I'm interested to see if some team does believe it. Like we've heard Montreal kind of talked about it a little bit. I think. Look, if I was in Montreal shoes, I would. They make some sense. I, I would. Move, right? I would be knocking and being like, "All right, like 
take the Dadanov or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, you don't, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take Besser. I'm not going to give you anything. But um, Dadanov's contract's up at the end of this season, just like Lucic. I'm going to, and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to play Besser. He's going to be my new Tyler Toffoli. They're yeah. so similar, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. play him with Caulfield and, uh, and Suzuki. I'm going to juice his value, play him on the first unit power play. We know Toffoli fit in their system, and it's a similar sort of player where it's like can't really skate, smart offensive player who can uh, who can finish. And he'll put up points. He's putting he'll up put points, points this year. And yeah. then in two years when he's a rental, I'm going to flip him for a second-round pick plus. If I'm really lucky and I hit a home run, I mean, I don't think he'll get a first, but you know, uh, I'm still going to get a solid package. And that might be the part that I'm maybe forgetting here. Because I'm thinking like, hey, why, why, why wouldn't Vancouver do that? But like, his agent's already been granted access to. But it's also the opportunity talk. cost of like you have to wait that long, mm-hmm. and like you can't allocate that cap space anywhere. I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to waiting to see, but um, I mean, it, it, there is a real risk of opportunity cost where the Canucks don't have a lot of cap room, and and look, there is a risk of. What if Besser is always injury prone? Yeah, that's and true. what if he never regains that value? And even when he is a rental, at that point, what like maybe a team will be like, ah, like I don't really love him. You'll get a third round pick. At that point, if you've held on to him that long, mm-hmm. and you only get like a third round pick at the deadline for him as a rental, you'd be like, oh, like damn, like I could have made more use out of that cap space doing other things the past two years. Like it's still at risk if you're, for example, in that Montreal example. Like it's still you're still rolling the dice. For sure. And the good thing is you're only rolling, like in that situation, you're only rolling the dice for one year. After that, you're like, whatever. Like whatever happens to Bester over there in Montreal, that's their problem right. or their success. You're yeah. kind of just getting off of it for one seat. Like that's what, the way that you're talking about, like one of these players coming back, that's how I look at it. It's like, okay, we'll take the L this year because we just signed this contract. Yeah. We'll take the L, but hey, next season, let's do whatever we want. And that's that's kind of the, like, maybe the Canucks need to take more L's and understand the L's that they're taking moving forward. And that's kind of the way that I think you could learn something from the situation. Anyways. And I think that's why the Canucks weren't in the offseason willing to take L's with their trades just for the sake of cap flexibility. Right. Like, they didn't want to... And I'm not saying this scenario was out there, but just as a hypothetical, they weren't going to move Connor Garland for, like, a fifth-round pick just mm-hmm. to gain that cap space. Yeah. And I think, you know... We'll see now how uh, how their mindset perhaps shifts or changes, but I mean, yeah, I I don't expect much coming back in uh, in a Brock Besser trade. It's really you're doing it for the cap space. All right, let's get to another one here. Get the graphic back up there, Alex. People love the graphic in there. I'm seeing a lot of uh, it's Harmander, Harmelian, and Harzard. Harmzard, they're calling you. So at least you must Those know the, you must know Charles. Yeah, yeah, I do. That's coming in the chat there. Next week I'll I'll get the I'll get a Yu-Gi-Oh mix for you. Thank you. But they don't have like evolutions. They have the what's it called when they evolve into one and that's like the purple card. I don't I don't remember. It's been a long time since I played. I know Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah I know Yu-Gi-Oh. Guy. Well maybe we'll get uh, Exodia coming together. You don't know that either. I don't know that either. <laughs> you don't know Exodia. I thought you were a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Uh, All right. Good, great, and godly. Andre Kizmenko's future. What's good? What's great? What's godly? Is it a trade at the deadline for a big return? And you can tell me what that return you think it might be. Is it an extension that makes sense? What is a good, great, and godly for Kuzmenko? See, I'll start. I'll start if you okay, want. Okay, go. I've, I've sent you all these off the bat. I think taking a little bit of a risk on maybe a four-year deal 
with lower AAV, and I don't know if that's in the threes. No, if you're he's going not four good, years, though. no, no chance, no chance, three high threes, no, three eight for four, no, he doesn't do that. He's, I mean, he's going to slow down, but he's at almost a uh, a point per game. Okay, what's a what's a four year deal then? It's a good question. Maybe we should call Milstein real quick. Ring ring, ding <laughs> <laughs> dong. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, look, nobody really knows at this stage. Not even Milstein or the Canucks. Mm-hmm. But if we're just spitballing, at like. I just like the idea of like taking a, taking a risk on this guy makes, yeah. I guess with the cap going up too. Like I, I don't know. Let's if if I'm get, Milstein, I'm like four. If you, babe, if you offer me three point eight times four, I'm hanging <laughs> yeah, up maybe. on you, man. Yeah, that's true. It might be the the whole. Then we get a Horvat like, situation. Screw you, the, get me out of here. Yeah, because Michael's gonna have a statement next week. <laughs> okay, that that was probably a little bit of a low ball. But let's say four point eight times four. I think because Michael's looking at that. Then you're, 4.8. Uh, you're, you're at least making me think here. I'm not going to hang up with But you. then are the Canucks like, is that too much of a risk, though? Like $4.8 million on a guy who, yeah, he's produced well. He looks great. I mean, he's the fans love him. You'd but have to be confident you can move when a Garland. Or to best. me, that's a good. That's a good thing. 4.8 times 4. I think you're talking, okay, good. This guy plays with Pedersen. He works with Pedersen. He's the better version of Nikolai Goldobin. Who, are, who worked with Patterson. Okay, he's I'll not even really forget. For, <laughs> why are you bringing Goldie? Better version. I'll pull up some cards sucks. here. I got the Goldie cards here. He sucks. Yeah, he was second best line mate uh, Patterson's ever had. Uh, that means he's... Are, that, that would mean he's had no good line I remember early on when you and I didn't like, Louis talk. Louis Erickson was a better line mate. You and I didn't talk as much as we do now. Yeah. Uh, but early on, I remember you in my DMs ripping me for all the like pro goldie stuff because oh, you, yeah. you were explaining to me like on ice shooting percentage and all like these other analytics yeah. and stuff and i just remember <laughs> I, you I ripping remember me oh, I, a few I, years ago now i was just like oh you know can't can't stand the fake news and the and the false narratives man i know i well listen you gotta rep your guys okay nikolai goldobin rookie card here beautiful couple different ones signed by goldie it's an insult to kuzbanko are you, I said a better version. He's a better <laughs> yeah, okay. version of him. Okay, well, like, a lot better. How, they're not comparable in any sense other than them being Russian. And both played good with Pedersen. But, anyways, <laughs> let's get, okay, let's get past right, the right. Goldie talk. We already got, uh, I, uh, Alex might make a, another change on the bottom. It's going to say, good, great, and Goldie. Actually, <laughs> in the end. Um, but, with a Kuzmenko, what's, a, what's the godly situation? Is it returning a first round? Is that the best, best case scenario? Like, returning a first round pick for, for Kuzmenko? Because, like, Team's going to look at him and be like, like I think of the Oilers. Would the Oilers love to add the tap-in God to play with Connor McDavid on their power play? Of course. Would a lot of other teams look to add this guy and can hop right into your power play and also just the cap hit that he's going to have? Is that the godly situation? Like Canucks fans won't look at that as the godly situation, but will GMs look at that? And will Patrick Alvin look at that as the godly? What is, from the Canucks point of view, do you think the, the godly situation? Well, it depends on what their goals are in terms of their direction because mm. if they have any sense of trying to be competitive in the short term, then they're going to be of the mindset that, oh, you got to resign him because of his fit with Patterson, because of what you're going to lose Horvat and Kuzmenko. Mm. That's a significant blow to your first unit power play, which is one of the team's biggest strengths, even at 5-on-5. Five five. like That's a lot of scoring that you'd be... Um, that you'd be losing. But if you're of the mindset of a rebuild, which I think I'm definitely of the mindset that I, to see this team get back to an elite level, I think it's going to take a uh, ripping a lot of, uh, 
a lot of the guts out. I think it's going to take a lot of pain. I think it's going to take a lot of time. Well, if that's your mindset, then I think, yeah, you would as much as, as much as painful as it is because of how much of a fan favorite he is. Oh, see that smile. It's somebody and said, that smile. Corey said that in here. No way you trade Coos to the Oilers so he could beat you for the next half decade. Well, you're going to lose anyway. They're, the Oilers are good, like, Oilers aren't even that good. I don't, I don't like they've, they've mangled their, McDavid dry settle situation. It's actually hilarious, but they're gonna beat the Canucks anyway for the next five years. Yeah, that's true. like regardless <laughs> if they have Kuzmik or not. But anyway, if you're of that rebuild mindset, and you can get a first round pick every night. <laughs> like oh, I remember that spot they took me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If you're in that rebuild mindset, then I mean, you are like, look, the Canucks barely have any assets, and if you're rebuilding, the next three four years don't matter. Mm. Being competitive. Over the next three, four years, isn't your top priority. That means Kuzmenko isn't part of your, like his prime doesn't align with your window to win a Stanley Cup. Right. That means if you can get a first round pick, then you do it. Yep. So, so it's, in a rebuild it's situation, be, which a lot of people want this team to go yeah. in. You and I both being in that camp, I have to believe. I think I'm yeah. not speaking for you so, too much here in that, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do because it's going to be unpopular. I know people want point, him back. Oh, yeah. I, I know. know people want him back. And, and you totally know what comes it. with that? The goddamn letter that fans have been asking for from this team about the direction. Because yeah. you release that letter, then you trade because then people are like, okay, yeah, I get it. There you I go. get it, right? Yeah, see, it would be the ultimate L, I think, mm. to continue down this road of we want to be competitive short term and we're, we're retooling this. And then go out and have to trade Horvat and then lose Kuzmenko for a less than stellar package. Yeah, you better come out and tell your fans what's going on. Yeah, and it's got to be, like, if, if you're going down that route, it's got to be a commitment to a rebuild. And uh, that's how I kind of uh, view it. It really just depends on what your view of fixing this team entails and, and how and how much pain you think it's going to take and, and whether Kuzmenko then aligns with that compared to the potential return he could net. Well, you know who's fixing this team, Harm? Yanni Yermo, baby. Let's go. Pull it up, Alex. Alex, also while you're there, can you put uh, can you put Harm in the sleeper cam? I know that he's not going to be snoozing. I just want to see him in there uh, for a little bit. The quads uh, sleeper cam. Let's flip. I'll flip myself over here. Yanni Yermo scored a goal today uh, in Liga as we get to our prospects report here. Nice little shot from the point. Good rip here. There he is. He's dreaming about quads. <laughs> Harm is uh, Yanni Yermo shot from the point. Uh, game winner today in Liga. So big for him. Um, I, it, he's getting a lot more minutes this year, kind of sitting around that like 18 minute per night. He's being trusted as a top four. Kind of as like the three four for his league of team, but the goals are there, the points are there. Uh, not like to a ridiculous rate, not like he's no Philip Johansson or anything, but he's putting out the points. He's still just twenty years old, so nice to see uh, from Yanni Yermo there. That's the only video I got for the prospect stuff today. Uh, but I quickly want is that because to... that's the only prospect the Canucks have? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know what? One of them. Uh, let's get to some World Junior stuff. Uh, Sweden arrived in Halifax yesterday. So uh, they're getting all set. They've got pre-tournament play actually next week. Sweden's going to be playing USA on Wednesday, and they're also playing Switzerland on Friday. Uh, the Abbotsford Canucks, they play tonight against the Silver Knights. They play tomorrow against the Silver Knights, a couple back-to-backs before they come back home for some games at uh, the Abbotsford Center before Christmas there. Uh, and then the Canucks, you know, the Canucks, uh, Vancouver Canucks, they're facing the Winnipeg Jets Saturday night. So a little bit of a busy week. I'm getting ready. i got to go board a flight uh, in about uh, a few hours here. So uh, that wraps it up for the weekend. Any, any closing remarks, Harm? 
I know you're going to miss pickleball this weekend. Yeah, I know. I'm going to miss it too. We're having can't a lot wait of fun to uh, can't wait to see all the Canucks' elite prospects play for Team Canada for World <laughs> Juniors. <laughs> yeah, the Canucks Army commenters, all they want in there is you need some good Canadian kids on the prospect pool. Well, they, I don't blame oh. them. I mean, like this prospect pool is. I mean, look at Jack Rathbone, right? Like yeah. he was your one of your top two prospects going into this season. Yep. And um, and look at him now. He's being outplayed by. Chris He's a good Wood. dude. I like as a person too. I always say sad, that, man. I know you want you want I success want, for I the want, good guys, and I he's know. one of them. You just you want success so bad for him. So uh, I that's why I said on the show last week. I said, uh, listen, I, I I think you'd be happier somewhere else. I think you'd have a better opportunity somewhere else. I almost forgot. Betway, Betway, Betway. We got to get to our Betway bets of the day. Uh, Alex, pull it up. Noah Dobson. I got him over two point five shots. Uh, tonight against the Coyotes, playing the Coyotes, likely going to get a lot of shots against them. So Dobson, he's done it uh, quite a bit. And in his last three games, he hasn't hit the over. But in seven of his eight games before that, he hit the over. So I think he bounces back tonight against the uh, Coyotes, gets three shots at least in this one. Uh, but I'm rocking with the Yotes. Last weekend, I think I, I think you were here when I gave my weekend uh, update. I said, hey, listen, it's the Bruins, it's the uh, Coyotes. Yeah. They're going to play. There's no chance the Coyotes are going to win. They end up winning. So that was ridiculous. So I'm rocking with the Coyotes tonight. Second Friday in a row. I'm not going to let the Coyotes fool me twice. They're winning again. Okay, man. Just so you know, Coyotes tonight. So I got uh, the bet here. The over 5.5 total goals and them winning in regulation. The over Plus and regulate. Wow. Yeah, big one today. Uh, so so we'll wrap it up there. Want to say uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week. Another great week here on YouTube as well as on the podcast. We're seeing our numbers jump up a little bit on the podcast as well. So appreciate uh, all the new listeners coming in. I know that there was probably a lot of people just wanting to tune in and see the Bo Horvat statement stuff. That was uh, a well, um, a, an episode that did well for the, the Bo Horvat stuff on the statement. Harb, another week, uh, another Friday here joining us here. Anything you want to say to the YouTube chat before we get out of here? Uh, They're all saying, here comes the money, there goes the money, all this stuff like that. Uh, YouTube chat's always fire. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's all I'm going to That's all I'm gonna say. It is, and thanks, uh, Lisa, and a couple other people in there mentioning safe travels. Yep, off to uh, some very cold weather uh, in S- Saskatchewan for the next little bit. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Hit us with the SkyTrain cam there, Alex. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, for Harmon Dial, my name's Chris Faber. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. We're off to Saskatchewan. See you later. Bye, Vancouver. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 